Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you aren't able to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care and God bless. Good morning uh, to those of you here uh, first in the sanctuary, uh, braving a little bit of this uh, winter, uh, hanging on a little bit longer. Thank you for coming here uh, to worship. For those of you who are online, also a word of warm welcome uh, to how wonderful it is to have these options uh, these days for those of us who can come and do come and those of us who remain at home. Uh, welcome to worship as we are continuing here during the season of Lent, 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday. Um, of diving a little deeper into how we can keep our faith new, keep our faith fresh, uh, keep ourselves uh, alive um, inside our hearts, inside our minds, uh, and engaged with our living God, um, who is alive for us and around us um, and through us. So thank you for joining us here as we, as we look at the topic of reading here today. Last week we looked at monitoring, reading, and there are other things that we can be about as Christian people. So reading here today. My, my mind and my memories when I thought about reading and how stimulating and how uh, uh, empowering it can be uh, uh, became uh, in my reflections here this past week a, a time of thinking about our boys and raising our kids. Uh, perhaps you too remember as you uh, were uh, raising uh, your own kids, or maybe you can even remember actually when you first learned how to read, uh, what that was all about. As a, as a dad, uh, with, with Michelle of course, the normal routine was to do those picture books from a very early age, probably long before um, Alexander and Liam knew anything about what they were seeing, right? It was just sort of that ritual of sitting down in that, in that rocking chair, uh, not just necessarily in the evening, but other times of the day and opening up those, those picture books. Eventually though, you get to the A, B, C, D, you know, apple, bike, cat, uh, dog, and you start learning the, the letters um, of the alphabet. Uh, and then for the time when I taught Alex then, our first, which of course is, was my first time through the whole process, uh, we had gotten from, I believe, uh, my parents uh, a, a Dick and Jane book. Do you remember the Dick and Jane book? You know, scintillating reading, right? See Dick run, see Jane run. See Dick and Jane run. You know, really scintillating stuff here. So then we would sit down then with Alex uh, and, and eventually he would pick up not only the letters, but he would pick up the words. And then not only was he picking up the words, but he was reading the book for me instead of with me. And then I would fade away. And what I remember most about teaching Alex to read and also the same with Andrew and Liam is that, is that I, that bright-eyed look when he looked up at me and he realized that he was, that he was doing something. You know, nowadays we're reading people's eyes more than ever because we're, we're masked, uh, but, but there was something bright and a light bulb would go off in Alex's eyes and he would be reading a little bit later on, then, I, I thank uh, J.K. Rowling for writing the Harry Potter series as well. One of the best-selling uh, books in the history of books uh, is that first Harry Potter book uh, that Alex read then as he started getting into more complicated reading, and then it was sort of off to the races. 
that kind of circumstance is a wonderful example of how reading can be so alivening. Well, fast forward a little bit here to today. As I'm uh, gathered here with people in the sanctuary and also online, uh, many of us are young people or, or, or children who are tuning in and being a part of it. Many of us, of course, are adults, uh, and it's been a long time since we sat in our, in our rocking chairs with our parents and they taught us um, how to read in this process. Now we're adults. And so we're no longer children. We put an end to childish ways and we become adults now in the way that we function. And I was thinking then too about how nowadays we have the Zoom backgrounds, you know, that are, uh, that are becoming to be so, uh, so normal. Uh, you know, there are people who have uh, their artwork on their walls. Uh, there are uh, the people who have maybe a blank wall or maybe one of those virtual backgrounds. And then there are those people who are on the news, um, either our local newscasters, um, or, or other news where they're literally sitting in front of their library. You know, it's Khrushchev, you know, is there, or the rise and fall of the nation state. And I, and I wonder, you know, have you actually read all these books that are on there, or are they there just as props uh, in that process um, of, of selling yourself? But never mind that there are not one, but two copies of the recent book that they have written that are also back on the bookshelf as well as a, as a self-advertising uh, process. But it makes me think about, if we think about those Zoom backgrounds, um, what I want to do here with you today is think about it a little bit more metaphorically here, uh, because you maybe don't have books in your backgrounds uh, when, when you Zoom. But I know you have metaphorically books on your bookshelf. And I want you to make a little quick checklist here um, of what those books are on your bookshelf. Some of the older books that you have there that you've read and absorbed um, over time, Maybe you've got still some holdout college books that, that were really uh, uh, inspiring for you. I recently got rid of a few that I kind of like had a hard time getting rid of in a way because they were shaping for me. Um, but what else is back there um, on that bookshelf uh, behind your, your head, so to speak, up there um, on the left? What are some of those books that are out there? Now, as a pastor, as we come here together during the season of Lent and we talk about renewing our faith in reading, one of the things that I invite you, not just invite you, I encourage you, is to think about that particular section of your bookshelf that's about faith and life. That section up there, you don't see a lot of those uh, books necessarily um, on news broadcasts, do you? I don't think I've seen a Bible behind uh, someone who's commentating on this, that, or the other thing, um, or, or a book by Anne Lamont, um, or another inspiring uh, Christian uh, writer that isn't maybe talking um, about the Bible, a little bit about Christian faith um, in life. Um, but I do think that it's very important that there is, in your life as well as in my life, that there's a little section of all the things that are in our background here um, that is about the Christian faith in life. And as I ask that question, I'll take a little bit of a poll. You don't have to raise your hands at this. This is a personal thing for sure. I want you to say, number one, in your hearts, to yourself and to God, um, I feel like I'm rocking this when it comes uh, to faith and life books on my bookshelf. That's a, uh, that's a great, honest response uh, for many of us that we might say, I got this. I'm doing great. If I were to continue on the poll, I would say in the kind of the middle ground would be, a question of, of uh, I could do a little better. 
I could do a little better. So metaphorically speaking, where would we raise our hand with that? Or thirdly, it's been a really long time uh, since I have really thought about it, Pastor Peter. That would be kind of the third category of what am I reading? What am I absorbing? So I'd be willing to wager that as we gather here virtually online at home and those who are gathered here as well, that, uh, that, that, that we are people of God and we are engaged in learning. But I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that we all have a little work that we could do in this category. I mean, that's why we're teaching it here during Lent. Uh, that's why we're, we're being asked to think about it a little bit more about how we renew our faith um, in what we read and how we conduct ourselves in our heart and in our mind um, and engage to be enlightened. So I'm gonna make that assumption here uh, today. So I have three suggestions for you today as we think about how we read and what we read and how it renews our faith. And some of this is based on 51 years of living. Some of this is based on 22 years of, of, of being a pastor, uh, but also, f frankly, of, of a, someone who for, let's say, 48 years or so have been reading myself uh, and have uh, also delved into faith and life along with all the other readings uh, that, are, that are part of life, uh, what I have learned um, over the course um, of time. The first thing that I want you to remember is the phrase, where's my 30 minutes today? Where's my 30 minutes today? This is a, a phrase actually that I've used uh, for people uh, in some one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions um, as well with people who are in need of a little bit extra, a little bit of structure, uh, a little bit of time in the course of the day to set aside from all the other stuff that's going on. Where is your 30 minutes today? I picked it up actually from my doctor who I thankfully have been able now, even though we've lived overseas and been back and forth, uh, Dr. Smith has been my, my general practitioner doctor for 15 years now. And so he, I see him every year, uh, every year for, for a physical. And he's been telling me over the past few years that Peter, um, as you hit your 50s now, your muscles are deteriorating. My muscles are, and so you need to exercise your muscles. You need to get, get some simple weights or some bands or, or, or what have you and, and work on it a little bit. Uh, he happens to be a member here at St. Andrew. And so when, when I am at the doctor's office, uh, I walk in and say, hello, Dr. Smith. And he says, oh, good to see you, Peter. When he's here at St. Andrew, um, he says, hello, Pastor Peter. And I say, hello, Tony. You know, it's that kind of thing, you know, where we're both our professional lives and, uh, and, and molding back and forth. But he was the one initially in our conversations who, who, who made me think, where is my 30 minutes today? And I wanna invite you to consider that there is a 30 minutes of every day of different times. What I have found in my life is that I can't necessarily set up a 6.30 in the morning time slot or an eight o'clock in the evening time slot regularly. It's much better for me uh, to think about where is my 30 minutes today in the midst of everything going on. And then the question is what then do I do with that 30 minutes? It is not just an issue of physical exercise, is it, today, but it's an issue of how we spend our time in those 30 minutes. Do you have some of those favorite old uh, Bible stories that you learned in Sunday school? 
you know, like Shadrach, Mishrach, and Abednego uh, in Daniel. Um, or maybe it's the book of Jonah that, that, that sparked your, your, your imagination when you were reading those and hearing those way back in Sunday school. Wouldn't it be interesting for you to first start with your phone and say, you know, where is the story of Shadrach, Mishrach, and Abednego? Where in Daniel is it? And then you could take out your Bible and then read the story again with your new eyes. And my suggestion is that you go back and read the chapter before and you read the chapter after it because you're an adult now. And there are things before and there are things after it that will help flavor the story. Maybe go back two chapters and go forward two chapters after that. But what are those favorite stories that you remember? And then broaden it out a little bit from there. How do we spend a basic 30 minutes of time here together uh, with the word of God, scripture, in that time to dedicate ourselves to it? So where is my 30 minutes today? I want you to think um, about that. Uh, secondly, my, my statement here is to be curious. Be curious. It, was, it came to me in a conversation this past week uh, with one of my, my friends that's part of our St. Andrew ministry here, Seeds of Support Missions. We do you know, our international work, especially um, in Haiti. Uh, and a member of our board is named Janet. Um, and she made the statement on a phone uh, this past week uh, that relates to where she lives uh, and how she's lived her life. She lives uh, in, on a farm between Grand Forks and the Canadian border. So everything there is gridded out in one, mi in one mile square chunks. You know what I'm talking about. It takes long time to get to the store. It takes 15 minutes to get to United Lutheran Church, um, her home congregation. Uh, she shared with me on the phone uh, that this is now, it dawned on her recently, that this is now uh, a, a time in her life where she has lived on her family farm longer than her parents and her grandparents. So she's been on that farm longer than her parents lived there and longer than her grandparents um, have lived there. What I love about Janet, though, is that even though you might think that someone who has been living in rural North Dakota for almost all of her life, uh, that she might be isolated or she might be removed from things, but she is the most curious person and the most worldly person that you could ever imagine, the way that she sees the world and participates in the world, what she reads, how she thinks. So a lot of that is based on the technology that's available, but a lot of it is based on this, on this attitude where she just, and with her husband, is just so profoundly curious. And I think that there is a challenge that we have perhaps in our society today uh, where we no longer are curious anymore, but we think we have everything all spelled out and we know exactly where we stand on every issue. And I like how Janet says the crazy things sometimes at her meeting where she's just constantly pondering things. There's another way. There's a new way. Let's be open to what might be, the, might be a possibility. And I think if there were more people kind of like Janet who simply says, the, I have the world uh, to learn about and to try to understand. And I'm going to be curious about the world, what that might mean for us. How might we listen a little bit differently? How might it change relationships too? So to be curious 
um, is a quality too that I have found um, really helpful. And then finally, I want to encourage you to, to be serious about this process. You know, Lent is a time uh, when we get a little bit under the skin, perhaps. You know, that we want you as Christian people uh, to turn closer to God. Uh, to be more deliberate about that than, than perhaps you would in another season of the church year. You know, Gabe reminded us of the story that's coming up here of Easter and the sacrifice of Jesus um, for our lives and our souls. And so our job during Lent is in a way to dive more deeply into how serious that is for us and to take the whole story of reading and our faith life seriously in a new, uh, in a different way. And I want to invite you to do that here, here as we gather during this season of Lent. My mother is involved in a uh, art class, it's called. She is uh, part of a group of 24 women who have been meeting uh, as, a, as a group since, uh, and other members of the group prior to her, since 1910 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So this original group was set up uh, in, in 1910 because a woman in the community uh, was going on a honeymoon to Europe. And so she thought to herself, I want to gather a group of my women friends together and talk about the history of painting. And over every month we're going to get together, we're going to talk about painting before I go on my honeymoon. So began uh, this small group now that has lasted for 110 years. Now, mom sent me the six-page document that governs this small group. And this has been going on since 1910. Uh, and so they have 24 women, uh, and it's a serious business. This formed long before women were allowed to vote, Within the history of the committee that's in the founding document, there's a statement that says, um, conversations widened and deepened once the women in the group started to attend college. And so today in 2021, uh, the topic that they are covering is China. And mom in the month of January uh, fulfilled her assignment to this group where she wrote a paper a 20-page paper and did a 30-minute presentation on education in China to her 23 other group members over Zoom. Now, I have been hearing about this paper about Chinese education since September because mom was so wrapped up in what it was needed to do this presentation uh, that, that happened in, in, in early January. Uh, but, I, but, but this sort of taking learning seriously is what I'm getting at here. That this is a group of women, most of whom are retired. There are a few professionals as well. All of them are professionals, a few that are still working. But they get together every month and they look at their colleague and say, what are you going to tell me about Chinese education today and other aspects of China uh, today? And they all bring their gifts. They research it, they give their paper. Mom's doing PowerPoint presentations, for goodness sake, over Zoom, and she's good at it. But they take it seriously. So what does it say for us to take faith life and reading seriously too? Because I think I, as your pastor, know that you have expectations of me 
that I'm growing, that I'm reading, that I'm studying, that I'm, uh, that I'm part of um, a, a process of, of, of engaging myself. And at 51, I know that I still need to do that. But you know what? I also have an expectation for you too, that if you're a Christian human and you're following Jesus, that, that there is this expectation that you too are growing, that you're reading, that you're learning, that you're discussing. I do think also, too, if we read in the Gospels of Jesus' ministry and the seriousness that he took it and the seriousness that he desired his disciples to merge into a life, a faithful life, a life of leadership, that Jesus also places that expectation on us as well. To read and to learn and to be Christian people in our world. Can we take that seriously? Can we carve out 30 minutes of time to do that every day? Can we be curious about how God is going to lead and guide and bless? I think so. I think we can. I close with a reading from Jeremiah here. Jeremiah 17. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. For they shall be like a tree planted by the water, sending its roots out by the stream. It shall not fear when the heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. So plant yourselves by the living waters and let your roots grow. Read faithfully and hopefully. So help us God, amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you, and God bless.